triumph in the trap. This is a dog. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like a subscribe, you gotta show me. I applied pressure and they tried to reject it. Clearly, ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it, might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'ma call it South Harmon. Huh. Fly down south and get the south popping. <laughs> One day, I'ma give you a walkthrough and introduce you to this walk too. <laughs> I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, they throw my dynasty stop Till I came back like Wimbyama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the beard, and they used to love the goatee That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88 December 87, I was 16 days away Might fly to Dallas, why not? I just got paid today When I land this dirt statue, I came to fade away Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play My life a Patreon link, you gotta pay to play I worked 16 hours, boy, that's an 8 and 8 X-Factor like Dez Bryant, my boy 88 Why dream like when you living like a heavyweight? This ain't a one-week thing, we grind like every day They know my destination, Devi, like I I hang with Ray. If they ain't know my name, I bet they know my name today. Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. Drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day. And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way. They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm layaway. Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way. Huh? Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. Hit that Patreon link if you're here to stay, huh? Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that never gets old, does it? That never gets old, man. Shout out to Fizzle for the coldest intro in the entire fucking game. Yeah, man. And I love it's long enough, too. I could just drop an F word right off the without <laughs> getting demonetized. I love that part. Yep. What is up, everybody? Tuesday. Well, it's not Tuesday night. Shit, it's Wednesday, Wednesday night. night I've been man, so man. damn Come busy. On, I've been so damn busy. I can't remember what damn day it is. How you doing, buddy? First and foremost, we also got Koopa in the building. We'll get to him in just a second. But you, how you doing, my friend? We got Koopa in the building, so I'm doing fantastic, man. We got yes. we got Skippy here. We got Dynasty Alex here. Let's start the show. We got DB. We got our guy Corey, uh, Mike Major Valedictorian. And in case you missed it, I didn't actually say that, but you know, um, he had final say. <laughs> still sticks. Um, still sticks. Pello, fire it up, Matt Gomes. Appreciate everyone being here, man. Um, I think you're gonna really, really enjoy this one. Can I request not doing another? Can I request not doing another show with player profile? I get the I get growing the brand, but you guys are like Pepsi and Coke. <laughs> Pepsi and Coke. Listen, I'll never say no to doing a show with my boy Matty Kewell. Ever. Yeah. 
Ever. Maddie and dog. I, Maddie, Mike, and myself go back to the original shit house, man. We um, we're kind of like the same draft class, you know. Like, a, did would, Maddie, did Maddie ever tell you that too? Like, yeah. he could us like we're the 2020, 2022 rookie class. Mike, <laughs> like Mike's got can... the new setup. Um, yeah, man. Uh, we got we got some good stuff with Koopa. Let's bring in Koopa. Koopa has a uh, a really new feature that we're pretty excited to d- to discuss. Um, I've been on him, man. I'll tell you this much. We we got this out. I said before the season, we are how many weeks before the season, man? At least a little over two, right? I mean, Koopa doing a bit. Koopa did his thing, man. So let's uh l- let's talk about it, Koopa. Before we pull it up on the screen, um, what what got you here? How we started doing this and where it's at? Well, long story short, with the warp tool, you know, Scott was talking about it last September from uh, some work that Dynasty Barry was doing and. I see him in the chat, excited to see him here. Um, and I was like, you know, this thing that that Barry's been doing, it's like a 27-step Excel process where he's going through and doing all this stuff manually. I'm like, I'm a programmer. I can do this. So I went through, made it. And then the more we start using it, it's like, you know, this is great and all, but it doesn't take into account, like, when you have a whether you're going to start somebody or not that person that was the fourth wide receiver on a team that got three catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns doesn't mean anything if you didn't start them so now i have gone through and i've developed what i'm calling a warp um so it is adjusted based off of the start sit rate and the main way it does that is that guy that got those two catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns, if he wasn't started as a top however many receivers in your league, then it just doesn't count. It's like he didn't even play. And I've got some little adjusters in there that you can adjust how wide that margin is. So there's, uh, you got a perfect, so like, okay, let's, let's take quarterback in a super flex league. Perfect would be only the top 24 quarterbacks. High is going to adjust it a little bit where, okay, maybe now we're, we're going to do, I'm trying to remember my math off the top of my head, the top 28. Medium is going to take you about to the top 32, and low is going to take you even further. And so I've got some adjusters for that. And so that's you can do that with other positions, running backs, wide receivers, etc., where they'll adjust what that range is for how many guys are getting into your lineup. And we'll get into that more as we're starting to show the charts and stuff. But it's really interesting to look at the the values between those different start sit rates and how flexible you are and how many guys are getting in your lineup. I love it. I love it, yeah. man. I got the first question that comes to me right off the hand because you asked if uh, you asked earlier if if I wanted an explanation or I wanted to get this live, and like a lot of people, I wanted to get this thing live. Like I want to, I want to be the big dumbass that I usually am and ask the dumbass questions. But so you got a warp. It's going for a lot of this lineup stuff. As me as a best ball player, how does it affect people in best ball? How does a warp affect, if at all, people in best ball? So the calcu the calculations in the grand scheme of things they don't affect much at all. So I yep. am still running them. 
Um, and so it is run off of based off the total number of rostered players. So say you roster 30 players, then it's going to take that roster number, adjust it by the same little mounts in terms of that perfect high, medium, low, and only count the players that are in that amount. So the so say roster 30 players, 10 te- 12 teams in your league, 360 players are are in that for the perfect one every single week. So in the grand scheme of things, a lot of our leagues that that you run are like, yeah, they're going to be roster 36. So there's almost nobody that's not it, not in that range. But if you have some of these best ball leagues that are maybe a little more shallower, like as, as much as we say, oh, if you're doing best ball, you got to have deep benches. If you've right. got like a, a, a start nine roster 22 best ball, it might have a little bit of an effect there. But it's not going to be much. Copy that. Is that why uh, old Trent Irwin made the thumbnail tonight? I'm right. You're just trying to rub that in my face again, aren't you? No, that was just you know, um, <laughs> just putting the guy on there that normally doesn't make your lineup. And Mike would know exactly what I was trying to do. But as far <laughs> as answering your exactly. question, no, not at all. It was just a just a guy I picked. You know, a war baby. I love this. So this is excited. Let's let's pull it up, man. We got to get pull right it into it. I want to see these graphs. I want to see these numbers. Let's I'm do excited it, for Let's this. Let's do it. Uh, Fizzle's in the building, by the way. I don't know why this is doing that, but hey, man. Uh, this is, there you go. This is the old one right here, right? Cam Akers is always on your mind, Eddie. He, well, that's true, but uh, here we go. Let's always. try this. Boom. All right. So, Koopa, we got it pulled up, man. Talk to the people. Tell us what we're looking at and you know what the difference is with the true warp graph and the eight warp graph now. So, what I have done is it's all the same uh all the same stuff you're used to on the left side when you're choosing everything the only things that are new are the roster efficiency so you have a perfect high medium and low and then um right above it i have a little disclaimer to remind you but i only have a warp available for 2019 through 2022 so if you're trying to go back further than that the a warp graph is just going to show the same thing as true warp and true warp is what we've been looking at previously. I just put a true in front of it so that way we know, hey, this is it's a little bit different as opposed to just plain old warp. So if we're looking at our true warp, let's re-remind ourselves what we're looking at here. So I chose the the very first one that we looked at looked at in the mind warp series. And uh, if you haven't gotten that mind warp series, here's the plug for it. Go check it out. It's Tons of content, really like 25 hours from Adam and Scott talking through all of this. Yep. And so we've got a graph where, all right, tight ends don't really matter. You can see, like, by the time you get to tight end 12, you're basically below zero. And even when you're at, like, seven or eight, you're basically there. And you've got quarterback, wide receiver, and running back that are all very close to each other as, as you're going through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So now let's flick over to A-Warp, and let's talk through some of the differences. Okay. I'm just clicking this button here, right? Oh, shit. Yep. That looks very different. <clears throat> so it is very different, and there's a couple things that we're going to talk through as to why these differences exist. The first thing is it looks like tight end got a huge boost. The reason for that is because the replacement player is now way worse at tight end. 
when we're talking high roster efficiency, when you're only starting one tight end, this is that is assuming only the top 15 tight ends. And do you know what happens a lot in the top 15 tight ends? Like two or three of them get you zero points or one point. Right. Right. And that one and that one point now becomes the replacement player. Whereas if you include every tight end in the league, all like hundred something that are on rosters, the chance that you hit like 12 of them that catch at least one touchdown is extremely high. So now all of a sudden your replacement player is worth like seven points. And so that six point swing is shooting up the entire tight end graph. But looking at it, I still don't want to really have those tight ends because I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. Go to the adjusted warp table. All right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find all this stuff. I'm new too, you know. Yep. This was just launched. <laughs> so, I uh, go to the position column and type in tight end. All right. Oh, we're gonna test the, we're gonna test the power. So live. I have added a new column. And the and the point of this column is to help you identify how many times they they were actually counted in your lineup over the course of the season, and that's the games column. So if we look at our tight ends, by the time we're getting to tight end ten, we're already at the point where that tight end is only counted in ten games. Is this meaning like? And if, is this meaning given this new uh, adjusted warp that that there this. Zach Ertz is in there 10 times when the He's, numbers are run? Yeah, so he only okay. counts for 10 games, and okay. the rest of, rest of the season, it doesn't count. In the previous method, he would be getting negatives. Right. And so that would be yanking him down. Now he's getting just 10 games, and if he's not in, he's just out. Correct. He's just getting a flat zero, so it's not hurting him to do that. So if mm -hmm. we go to page two here. All right, page two. Bear, bear with me, everybody. You know, this is a... Uh... Yep. So you can see we have this range of players that's like from 11 to like even 17 or 18. Actually, I think it's 19 there. Where you're still getting double-digit starts out of them, but it's not really doing a whole lot for you. Yeah, right. And, they're, and so this is where you you have to start looking into... This is going to be something that also comes up in wide receivers, where the number of games they're being started is not the full length of the season. And oftentimes, we know this is the case, you're going to start a player after they have a boom week, and you aren't going to get the boom week the following week. Oh, yeah. And you're going to All be the putting time. them in, and you're going to be hoping that you get that performance that they put up, and you've missed the big performance that actually helped you out. But what it means is the floor that you're trying to beat is way lower, so the overall warp actually gets higher. Mm -hmm. Because warp is wins over the replacement player. If we drop that replacement player by six fantasy points, now all of a sudden your difference between them is much larger. It makes it makes a lot of sense, yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah, it does. Right, it's like grading on the curve. <laughs> we grade yeah. on the curve with true warp and this one's actually like here's your real great voice <laughs> well i mean and the thing <laughs> is like if i'm sure if you went down like koopa tell me like page four some of the guys that ended up making it how many times are they actually being started so 
they shouldn't be considered I mean, you the go replacement to page four, player. There should just probably quite a few ones on there. Right. It it's like those were the one week you were trying to chase somebody, or it was like a really bad bye week or something like that. Because there were quite a few, man. there were quite a few weeks last season where like you like week nine was just like bye apocalypse and well, you were scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I'm sure a right. few of you guys. What's interesting to me is Isaiah Likely's one game here. Explain that to the people. If you're talking about a, a, a start one tight end, how many times was Isaiah Likely a top 12 tight end that you were actually starting? Right. Right. I think that was the big point. Not just how many times he's a top 12 tight end, but the roster percentages and the starting percentages are saying that he's being started across leagues, correct? Correct. So the, the the games part is just how many times did it did actual people start him as a top twelve tight end? Mm-hmm. And so in this case, Isaiah likely was started once across all of last season, all the hype we had. And one damn. Time. That's also something to think about when you're talking about dynasty value. Right. Isaiah likely people were enamored for people were sending lots lots of picks for and last season when he had when everyone was like he's going to come in he's going to be a big part of this baltimore offense like who else are they going to throw to devin duvernay james prochet like one time he was actually started in your lineup so what what is it um i don't know if you said this i'm trying to take it all in but it's a lot what is there a percentage of where the player now is considered starting um, that he has to hit? So um, the way I got my data was I pulled uh, somewhere around 300,000 dynasty leagues off of Sleeper. And I went through every single dynasty league and I counted how many times everybody, uh, every player was started, the number of times every player was rostered. And I ordered it. It, week by week, this is how many times a player was started. This is how many times a player was rostered. And so I'm using that to determine, do they count for this chart? Okay. So in this case, we chose the high preset, which means it's not a straight, we're only going to choose the top 12 tight ends, but we're going to do the top 15. Got it. Okay. And so it's close to the top 12, but it gives you a little flexibility because sometimes those managers, if they've got the tight end 11, maybe they chose a different tight end because they're trying to play a different matchup or something like that. And so you can play with that a little bit. Um, to You can change that preset to be medium or low, depending on how, uh, how crazy your league is or how much of an imbalance there is with different players. And so if you do medium, the number's going to come out to 19. And if you do, uh, if you do low, it's going to come out to 25. Okay. And so as you do that, it's going to get closer and closer to the true warp graph. Right. It's not going to fully get there, but it'll get closer and closer. Makes sense. Um, warp your mind. Marlon's there, man. Um, the fantasy plumber, by the way. Uh, so, I'll say this, it's, this isn't something that we hadn't really known about. It's just that the amount of data that had to be run to get this a warp up and Koopa can speak to this. We had to get another person from the discord, um, shout out to blitz to help 
run data on another computer. This was a, a very involved process. So it's not just, you know, knowing that it could be done. Like to get this done, Koopa had to put an extensive amount of work in. So uh, another, another big shout out to Koopa on this. So let yeah, me ask you about here, four weeks of data collection. Let me ask you here something, Kuba, because I was just messing around here on, on my copy too. But like say I, I went to uh, roster efficiency and I went all the way to low, right? So it's going to expand it to that 19 number instead. Like we look at Isaiah Likely on high and we go, man, only one game, like one game. When I go to low, it gives him nine games and like he has a negative warp. You got to scroll all the way to page six to find this fucking guy. So that's like saying if you bought into the the Isaiah Likely hype, and you weren't in this kind of like good or tight space as far as who you're starting every single week, and you went like all willy-nilly, like I'm all for starting tight end 19, right? This is the threshold you got to make. You're going to be hit with negative warp for nine games, <laughs> like nine times at that time. You're going, holy shit, he's scoring. He, he's, he's a detriment to my team. Kind of. Where it's a little bit interesting is so that so you've expanded it out to uh 25 players on the low setting okay so those Math. 25 players the the replacement player is going to be higher than on the high setting when you only had 15 because you have 10 more tight I ends guess. that can randomly jump these guys and so the because of that likely is going to be bumped down a little bit but the important thing to look at with this is you can be super convicted on likely and start them every single week. And that's where you can maybe get yourself an edge is give is forcing yourself to start Isaiah likely, or actually let, let's change Isaiah likely because he actually has value okay. forcing yourself to start will Disley mm. because will Disley could be gotten off of waivers. You force yourself to start Will Disley every single week and you get the points from him and sure, he probably hurts you a lot. But what we're looking at is the replacement player if you are trying to fish in the tight end 11 realm and the tight end 12 realm where, you're where that player actually has some value, that's where you can find an edge is the difference between that tight end 11, 12, they're, the, the replacement player they're going against is nothing, basically, and they still are getting you nothing. So why should you have any value into that player? And instead, only you want to just any random guy. Will Disley, Mo Cox, Brock Wright, like all these guys that are that you can literally pick up off waivers and it shows even more of the haves versus have nots that you can have in a lineup league at the tight end position. So for the you dynasty, you have Travis bro. Kelsey, you have oh, Mark no. Andrews, you have a TJ Hawkinson, a Dallas Goddard. And then once you start getting off of that, like sure they're giving you value over the, over the replacement player, but some of them is just simply because they're just starting every single week and they're better than their tight end 10 every single week instead of tight end 12. And you started them 14 times and they, so you're just going to slowly accumulate it. But if you can turn that into value that boosts you at a different position and just pick up some random scrub, 
you aren't really losing anything from it. Right. You could do that with like the Isaiah likely in the scenario though too, right? Because we know he holds dynasty value for whatever reason. But when you look at it, you go, man, I don't know why. I don't know why when in reality it's no different than some of these other dudes that are right. hanging around here. Yep. Right. Like get your second round pick or your third round pick or whatever it is. And then go, like you said, go pick up a, a Will Disley, uh, one of these turds off of waivers, right? Either you got Travis Kelsey or you don't at this point. <laughs> so if you're in the exactly. don't, take anything that you have value, just go right to the replacement and, uh, and, and get some draft capital on top of it and call it a day. Yep. I like it. All right. Um, Koopa, so we actually have two super chats. Um, let's get to this one first since we have it up. Nathan, really appreciate it. Uh, $10 super chat. My smooth brain is perceiving a warp as don't have infrequently started players started during buys injuries in the same range as your starters. Um, thoughts on that Koopa. So in some ways, yes. What you want to do is force yourself to have it, it, Scott talks about this in his roster construction. You want to force yourself into starting players. When he, when he says, I want to have seven wide receivers in the top 50, it's because he's going to fill his entire lineup with those wide receivers. And then he's going to spot start running backs. But importantly, the wide receivers that are maybe at the end, well, like he talks about um, it, when he was doing the series, he was talking about KJ Osborne as an example of a guy that's right at the edge and that that kj osborne he's forced to start the number of times kj osborne is actually started by managers is not that great and so he doesn't have a chance from this to accumulate a lot of warp but instead by forcing yourself to start him you're right at the replacement player had you been choosing somebody that other managers would have started and you're giving yourself a value edge. And so something that I have been doing a lot when I've been looking at this data is going back and forth between true warp and, uh, and a warp. -warp, Yeah. I think, I think looking at, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Looking at the differences between, okay, what guys are right at that zero line and true warp and what guys and, and where do they correspond in a warp? And oftentimes you'll see those guys that are right at the zero, slightly below in true warp, are guys that in a warp were not started that many times over the course of the season. But when they were started, tends to be right after they blew up. And so if you're trying to capture when they when they blew up, when they actually had that contribution to your lineup, that's where you, you have to force yourself into starting players. Because right. you aren't yep. going to otherwise. Yep, I think uh, I think too, like in lineup especially, right? One of the things that this kind of at least speaks to, if I go to the graph, right? The way I kind of think about it is, and where it's a lot different to have a guy like Kelsey, Hawk, Andrews, Kittle, these guys when the tight end premium is high enough, let's say, is you got to remember when you're running this, right? You're running it based on top 15 and all that but how many times do people have three or four of these tight ends and they're not even starting the right one which would would actually end up sometimes making the disparity greater because your your league mates may be starting the wrong tight end in these spots every single week too so um 
something to keep in mind as well because I think Fantasy Plumber, who's the next Super Chat hit, most guys hit only 50% at best in, in lineup um, as far as like when they're starting the right people. So uh, that's something I think to keep in mind as well. But Fantasy Plumber, really appreciate the Super Chat, man. I uh, appreciate the activity tonight in the, the chat as well. Question for Koopa. So I'm out. Uh, Mike, sorry, just go ahead and mute. Does hoarding <laughs> make sense in lineup? I already think no, but change my warp mind. By the way, Koopa, I already kind of gave him a preface. Like, is he talking about specific positions or in general? He says in general, um, but overexposing yourself to leave warp on the bench while you're leaving holes in your starting lineup. Koopa, you have the floor. In general, you can always hoard. The question is, how how reasonable is it to actually get a hoard of value? And so, like, when Mike talked about the quarterback hoard, there comes a point where hoarding those quarterbacks, it, it doesn't really give you that much of an advantage. If you're trying to continue to hoard the quarterbacks that are going to be out of a starting job in four weeks, like, that, that doesn't give you anything. But if you can get yourself a couple of the top quarterbacks, a bunch of the mid-range quarterbacks, that's where you can actually prevent the rest of your league from being able to match you at that position and have a true advantage. It's a harder thing to do at other positions, like wide receiver and running back, because there's more of them. If you want to hoard them, you have a lot more that you need to obtain. And so it's it's not that you can't hoard, and it's not that hoarding is great. It's all based off of... it. it hoarding it gets its advantage from market dynamics. That's where it, it, that's where the true advantage comes from. Is you know, hey, I can hoard the these quarterbacks. Everyone's going to need one at some point. Somebody's going to crack and get one, and now they're going to have an advantage such that the rest of the league has to come to me, so I can sell all the rest of them for uh, for positive value over where they should be. And so. Being able to take advantage of that is the is the goal of a horde. When you're looking at warp, it doesn't really tell you that much about how you should hoard, other than you look at the lines that are steeper and go, yeah, those are the ones that are more ripe to be hoarded because I can actually obtain all those players because there's a fewer number. Crazy, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... Uh... From a warp perspective only, the, the the one exception where you could probably hoard and realize warp and also steal away from everyone else would be if you were to, in a situation like this, if you were to take away, let's say, you have Kelsey, Hawk, and Andrews. Let's say you had those three tight ends. And you basically, at this point, you're looking at everyone now has to start at point one. And these guys are high enough to where they're also flex-worthy. So they're higher than like DJ Moore and a lot of guys, people will flex that are roster constructed, right? Well, so like that, so that, would, that would be the it, one exception, I think. It's a little riskier when you're looking at a, a league like this. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that the replacement player for the tight end is going to be way worse than the replacement player at, say, wide receiver or running back. For sure. Because that... It, Tight ends in this league in an ideal world should not be flexed. Mm -hmm. So by forcing Andrews into your flex, like 
we we're looking at the the line where hey the warp of Andrews is over that of DJ Moore, right? But that's not They're, actually where you should be comparing players. it. Sure, that he should be lower because the replacement player wide receiver is much higher. Right. Now, the, I'm not I'm the, not saying that you have to flex league, it. By the way, I'm just saying you you could flex it. Not that you're going to get the same warp because the replacement player will be a wide receiver versus a tight end, and it makes the warp totally different. If you were to give a flex line, for example, right, it would be very different. Yes, and and so that's that's where it's going to get a a little different, and maybe that's something that I need to figure out how to display to to people as well. Is when what is the actual value of flexing a tight end, and so that way yeah. you can understand that somebody in your in your starting spot versus in your flex position is different. I forget actually with this one too. I forget which uh, with this one too. Is this a tight end? I forget specifics. If this one is tight end premium, I think this is not not tight end premium, right? This is no tight end premium. So there you go. In th- in this scenario, it would not make as much sense. I I'm thinking more of a uh, tight end premium league where you might be able to do something like that um, as well. But yeah, let's see what we got comments on this. But in lineup. If one guy hoards the top two guys, the other eleven are all basically equal. They are, but you're able to get you're able to capture high end warp at like Kelsey's level, and then also uh, keep everyone else in the lower range completely at the tight end position, which is even more beneficial. But I, I would say that that's the one possible exception, depending on cost. Obviously, the like you said, the main thing though is hoarding does not. Um, it's not typically a warp advantage. It's going to be more of a market advantage. Can I then flip? A quarterback that's on this red line or a tight end or something for someone at a different line that that's typically where hoarding is more beneficial it's not really for warp advantages itself yeah same thing for me man i don't hoard for for warp advantages i don't actually hoard for fantasy points right i'm hoarding for market yeah period yep. that's all i'm doing yep. market and setting my own market so when i hoard a position uh which i probably wouldn't hoard tight end in this league with no tight end premium definitely do not do it no No, thank you Um, but I'll I'll hold the shit out of quarterbacks because of market Mm -hmm. there's such a scarce finite amount right but it has nothing to do with the warp advantage it has nothing to do with actual fantasy points it's just setting the market to the the way I want it to be also by the way uh, fantasy plumber I hope that I hope Koopa's um, answer to your question helped uh, with what you're looking for um, all right, Koopa, anything else to, to talk about? Um, I, I, I'm asking that I want to do one more thing. I know, I know there has to be, by the graphs. way. Okay, yeah. So me. go back to the true warp. The graph? The true warp graph, yep. Okay. And, all right, I want to talk about the quarterback line in relation to everything else. So put this in your head. All right, where's the quarterback compared to everything else? Now let's go over to the A warp graph. Oh, whoa. Adam, actually, it kind of worked All out, right. but uh, not what I meant <laughs> <Good>. to do. <laughs> no. So, what just happened is the quarterback line dropped. Now, why would the quarterback line drop? It's because the value of the replacement player for wide receiver and running back dropped, and so the value of the top end and of the middle, the guys that are being started almost every single week, went up. Because the difference between them and the replacement player has now increased. And so something to note is that our quarterbacks, because we're in a super flex league, that has not changed. So if you're talking in a lineup league, 
we we've looked at some leagues. Uh, this one specifically is a four point per passing touchdown quarterback league, and so the the quarterbacks are not that much. We we were looking at initially of like yeah they're good compared to the the other positions and they're kind of right in line, but here they're they're truly in a lineup league. They're actually just a smidge below, and so. The thing you have to balance is point scoring versus scarcity, because that's always going to be our issue with the quarterback position. And so what this is telling me is that there is a scarcity element, and there's some maybe areas you can try and target, but there's, it's not a, you have to get yourself two quarterbacks in a certain range and forego all of the top wide receivers and running backs if you want to win. There is a path to winning without having two top 12 quarterbacks. As long as you're getting yourself maybe a couple of those top wide receivers and running backs. When we talk in dynasty, that's where you have to play your market again. We keep talking about warp is giving you the statistics if your league was a redraft. But if you were in a dynasty league, you have to account for the fact that, okay, yeah, quarterback seven is well below a lot of these wide receivers. Like he's below all the wide receivers up to 12. Um, Wait, are you, but I know it was just off by one, but I, you're not, you're not hating on Gino here. Are you <laughs> in this league a little bit? Okay. And part of that as well is because I don't project Gino to be number eight this year. So right. if you project like Gino to be number, I, I project him to be like 14 or 15. Okay. Which right. is way lower than on this warp chart and so if you but if you're trying to compare say quarterback seven you if you assume a quarterback seven who's justin fields is going to be around a while that's where maybe you want to have that advantage and choose him over one of those wide receivers and running backs above him just because you're in a dynasty league you have him for multiple years and it's a little bit of a market dynamic but if you're really trying to push in for the championship, if you can maybe get rid of Justin Fields and pick up a Kirk Cousins and a Devonta Smith, it sounds ugly, but that's a potential way to get yourself a large warp advantage at the receiver position, dropping a significant amount of value at the quarterback position without losing yourself that much in terms of actual warp advantage mm. at the quarterback position. And so it's, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're first looking at it in terms of, but if you're the, the warp advantage is all looking at one year. Yeah. And right. so you have to take that into account for how are you going to play it? If you want to play a true one-year window, which is some of the stuff we've been talking about Dynasty might go to, a move like that seems totally wrong. And I agree, I probably still wouldn't do it just because it feels so wrong to do it. But the thing that Warp can do is help push you to being uncomfortable. And there is some advantage to be gained by going in that uncomfortable range. Where I was saying, yeah, pick up that random tight end off of waivers and just start them every single week. And get rid of the value for your tight end 11 that you have on your team and use that elsewhere. That's that's where you can find these edges. That's where warp is helpful to you. 
but you always have to account for the market. If you are taking Justin Fields, trading him for Devonta Smith and Kirk Cousins, and then just and, and trying to roll over year over year in your dynasty league, that's that's not going to work. But if yeah. you have a team that this is my window now, the rest of my team is uh, it is it is built where it's going to fall apart this off season. Doing something like that might be something that you try to do to get yourself a championship now, win the money now, and you can focus on rebuilding later. Yeah, I like it. I like it too, because if you think about it, Adam, like for you and I, especially, if you remember, just as we progress this, we've always done things that push the limits or kind of get outside the box. And even if it, you know, brings a lot of backlash or whatever, and people tell you you're crazy, you find out that was actually the correct strategy to do it. Like just a couple of years ago, nobody would have thought at the time trading away Jonathan Taylor for three pieces in a best ball league, right? Nobody was like, you can't do this. You're nuts. You're insane. Like, you, you get Josh Jacobs and some junk back. This is all you got. Come to find out in a best ball, as long as you can roster them appropriately, like you got enough room to do it, it makes sense to always be tearing down if you're looking for a one-year championship. That's all, That's it. Take one piece, break it into three good ones. Ta-da. Like I'm just going to walk into a championship if I can just continue to do this and I can roster these guys. Even before that, right, the, the teardown, like so apropos. Right? Like nobody wanted to do it. How are you going to take this awesome ride receiver and go down two tiers and just pick up a single draft pick? Like this is nuts. What are you doing? This guy's an absolute unit and a stud. So if you start pushing these boundaries, right, you kind of find out when you first talk about them, Gooba, they're uncomfortable as shit to talk about. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody does. But if you really think about it, if this is the way the game's going, this like Justin Fields to Kirk Cousins and a pretty decent wide receiver thing, you're going, on market value, it seems insane. Like, why would I do this in the dynasty league, like a super flex? But Skippy, yes. Start, start making those. All of a sudden, you go, "Holy shit! <laughs> this is actually this is actually pertinent. I should be exploring this." Like, I'm not going to do it for every league, right? I'm not going to do it on those rebuilders where I'm just trying to accumulate value year over year until I get this mob squad. But right, some of these teams, Adam, like especially think about failed contenders. Right, you may have one or two pieces like this, and this is probably the only way to like save your year because somebody else already owns your draft pick, and you're like, "Well, I can't rebuild. I don't own my first, so we're running it back." Making these kind of uncomfortable moves is probably the way to go. Sure, absolutely. I think um, I think a warp will help a ton with lineup decisions and your roster construction and. There's a couple th- uh, questions here. So, uh, Fantasy Plumber says, "Is this able to capture our week by week starting lineups in our league now?" He also says, "Sorry for all the questions, but I often love this." Don't please do not apologize for asking questions on AMA one and two. It's not like there's a bunch of people. We got 65 in here that are asking questions that you're getting in the way of. Um, people are kind of just in awe right now, and they're looking at Koopa like, "What did you do? How did you do this?" Um, we learned. T- I'm listening. This is a listening session. So please ask away. Uh, Koopa, can this capture our week-by-week starting lineups in our league now? It kind of does. It does not capture your starting lineup in your league specifically. It's using the starting lineups across every single league that I have, which is that 300,000-ish number that I said earlier, 
and using that as its its data input for these are the players that were started. So if you have that boneheaded manager that was just it just like haha I'm going to start this random guy this week, that's not going to affect the data. But right, it's right. going to use that that aggregate and so that's really what you should be playing against because those are going to be the the smart managers in your league is hey these are these are the guys that were started by people that actually knew what they were doing. And so yep. that that's why I chose to do it that way. Yep. Um, so then I thought there was another question. Oh, Skippy, you heard you appreciate it. Yeah, go ahead. So it's Mike. really just pulling from a, like a consensus, right? That's what it is. So, yep. you know, if people Community religiously, consensus. yeah, if pe- people religiously follow uh, ECR from fantasy pros, Right, we're just starting right down the middle. It's pretty much just capturing that as a, well, a generalization of who was actually started, who wasn't, and I, not the uh, the one-offs of your turds in your league. Well, I guess what I was going to say is, so to answer the question a little bit deeper, so it's it's not going to say, like this is not going to show you the warp in your league specifically, correct, Koopa? Like every single week, it's not going to take into account what was started in your league, but this will be run weekly, Um with the regular warp, correct, for the percentages and roster and the starting um, when 2023 correct. warp o- happens, correct? Over the course of the season, there's going to be a little bit of a lag time for a warp. So true warp will, I'm aiming for true warp to, to come out each Tuesday. Okay. Um, but it might be not until like Wednesday or Thursday that we have uh, a that warp. We have A-Warp. Ooh, um, okay. Just, just so to keep set that expectations. Keep that in mind for waivers too, especially. Um, depending on when your waivers are run, you may not see the a warp from last week right before your, your, your waivers run. It's not, that I'm not, it's not telling you not to take people in waiver wire, but you're not going to be able to have that maybe specifically when your wire is running for the week. It, it, it's all a data collection thing. You just yeah. have to get enough data of all the start rates from all the leagues. You have to leave, kind of thing. you have to leave computers on for 24 hours. So full days and then days, not just for a full 24, for days right. and days in a row and run this data. So I'm going to make a, a universal proposal that we just change all uh, all waivers to run on Thursday morning then. Boom. <laughs> Thursday a.m., baby. When a warp drops, let's do it. We ain't doing shit on Tuesdays we or can, Wednesday, uh, boys, anymore. We, we We're can, waiting we can, for a warp. We can just throw it in a vote, man, right? Well, best ball leagues, we don't really care as much. Lineup leagues, though. No one gives a shit. <laughs> Actually, Coop, I was going to ask you. Um, while we're here and anyone that has questions, please ask them. Don't feel afraid. What I was going to ask you though, Koopa is, is there actually, cause I know basically this is a discussion of lineup and best ball truly, right? We're, we're looking at what you're going to actually be able to capture and warp is kind of the idea behind this more. So in best ball, is there any differences really at all other than just the small, you said the small starters, but is there, is there a chance let's say, for example, you have a really really deep team will will warp show you that there's sometimes you don't actually capture it because you are you have like 15 to 17 guys that might make it weekly in these same ranges where you're only starting 10 like is something like that going to be built into the warp tool or not really it's not going to show warp isn't going to show you for your specific team like what you captured or not it's going to assume that Every play, especially in best ball, it's going to assume every player was captured via a perfect distribution. So 
it so if one team is stacked let's just really stack it up one team has every single top 12 wide receiver okay obviously they're only going to get the warp from like the top six right whatever they can start in their however many receivers you can start in a week right the warp tool is going to assume those 12 wide receivers are evenly distributed among all 12 teams where every single team has one of them and so that's going to just be something to always know that okay it's assuming perfect distribution if you have a extremely stacked team and some teams that uh, where like they have good players on their bench and you have some teams that are extremely bad that's where you can play with that roster efficiency yeah. and set it to that medium set it set to it low to, okay and Mm. and adjust based on you know parameters. what let's do this can we do this on air Let, let's bring up a best ball league um and and play with and play with the roster efficiency just so people can see you good with that mm-hmm. yeah all right uh let's see we could use mind warp um you want to keep the same one let's just make it best ball yeah same cool. one best ball calculate the warp we're, we're running it high for now by the way uh let's see okay Koopa, go ahead and talk through this, by the way. it's This is so, currently a warp graph. Do you want me to start with the this true warp? You can go to it, but you're going to see there's not a huge difference. Okay, it's, so let's just run it, it back almost negligible. Wow, yep. you, you can actually see it. It's the lines move, but it's ever so slightly. That QB line, actually, though, it does move a little more. Just just a sliver, but really Basically not the same. much. Okay. And so this is because of the high roster efficiency is what you're saying? It, well, actually, uh, this is because the number of players that are on your team. So, it setting it to it, it, you're oh, looking 25. at twenty five by twelve. Uh, so that comes out to three hundred. You have three hundred players that are in the data set every single week. So that um that floor is extremely extremely high. Okay. And when you're talking in a lineup league. You're only the this same one was uh, was twelve by ten, so it's hundred twenty. So that floor is now way lower because some guys are going to have bad weeks, whether it's due to injury, whether it's just not playing well, etc. And so that that difference is going to be much higher in a lineup league, whereas in best ball, a warp almost does nothing to change anything unless you have say only like a six or eight man bench. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Scott, um, th- that was one thing I like. I I knew the Isaiah Likely thing was uh, something with one game being played, but Koopa uh, said it eloquently. So go back and make sure you watch that. Uh, the Isaiah Likely discussion. Um, Koopa said it well on the most important thing to take away from a warp. Um, so Koopa, let me let me ask you this. Let, let's run a best ball. Is there one you can think of that might show a little bit of a, more of a difference, or is there not one that you is it going to be similar to this no matter it, what we do? It's going to be similar to this in, in everything. All right. so then let's just not just for it. fun, let's it, it change it to perfect roster efficiency. Because that's going to be the the shortest amount possible. So do you, sh- should I leave it? Should I go back to the mind warp or you want me to just leave it on the South Harmony uh, City generally? Um, go back to, to the mind warp just because we want to have perfect efficiency and the closest... Um, the, and the shortest uh, roster yeah. size. Yeah, here it goes. All right. So this is still very, very similar. But if you go to the the true warp, 
like you see it barely changed and mm-hmm. the this is with it you trying to get it as exact as possible so in best ball a warp has almost no change on mm-hmm. the thing as a whole mm-hmm. and and so that's something to to know with with how warp was done previously versus what a warp is for mm-hmm. this a warp update is not really for best ball players. Correct. Right. It's really for lineup players. Okay. And so if you've been learning stuff about, hey, this is this is how you use warp and best ball, everything is going to apply exactly the same. You you don't need to do double work trying to figure out how a warp's going to incorporate. If yeah. you're in lineup leagues, that's where you need to really be paying attention, really be figuring out, okay, where are the edges now that I have a warp. Rambo has uh, what he says might be a dumb question. If you are playing the start any tight end in the middle, you have to make the warp difference from that tight end to Kelsey at another position starter each week to be successful. So he's asking really, do you? Um, so if you are starting middle tight ends, you're – you're you're looking at that warp difference between them and the replacement tight end. And so that's where some of your consistent guys can give you an advantage. The question is how much. So like an example of that middle guy is is the Dallas Goddard type. He's not going to blow blow you out of the water, but he's also not going to give you these 0.1 point duds. Like he might have one over the course of the season. All the rest of the weeks, he's still catching four balls for four yards, and every once in a while, falling into the end zone. And so, it there might be a value difference between Goddard and an equivalent wide receiver. So, like if um we were to look at the league that we have pulled up now and uh, flick it over to a warp. This is the one we started with. So. Okay. Yeah, a warp. Let's go over to the a warp on this one. Um, and so uh, Goddard was like tight end six to he was in that six to nine somewhere. I'm sure. Oh, by the way, this I haven't um, run it perfect. Does this? Uh, do you want to change it? That's fine. We can leave it at perfect for now. Okay. Um, so that when you move it all all the way over to the right, that equivalent wide receiver is pretty low compared to it compared to those guys like oh i see what you you know and so the the value difference there so there you go there's a Cortland sutton Sutton versus evan ingram that's the equal Cortland sutton versus evan ingram which one would you rather have a lot of people right now are going to say hey i kind of want an evan ingram because he can actually fit into my tight end spot i think he's going to do well but we're looking at, hey, Cortland Sutton last year with how bad of a season that he had, with how bad Russ was, like how bad the whole Broncos as is, is a team were. That's where going and picking up the extra value from your tight end, mm-hmm. getting a Cortland Sutton, and banking an extra piece that you can use later is going to give you an advantage. And so it comes back to the roster construction idea of, you don't want if you're going and getting Cortland Sutton. Well, you aren't do you going want to talk and getting about Cortland this? Sutton. Adjusted roster construction. Sure. Yeah. We. we, we I mean, it's the only tab to... I see that we need to at least discuss yep. versus true. So, do you want to look at the difference? So, true is saying 
2.5 for quarterback, 3.58 for running back, 1 essentially for tight end, 4.42 for receiver with a droppable of 13.42. Keep those in mind and look how different that is. So um, that was but, something I wanted to talk about. I just I saw right before the show started. Something to, to, to note about these numbers is, it, it, and this is where Scott having done his roster construction series on a lineup league is so interesting because he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. That wide receivers, what do you want to do? You want to have like seven in the top 50. A quarterback, you want to have two good ones and maybe a third. Tight end, it doesn't really matter that much. And you know what? And what we're seeing from the data here is we can go even further than what Scott was initially talking about and going, if we're going to play waiver wire tight ends every week, what's the point in having more than one? Like you just need one guy because if he goes down, you pick up another guy off waivers because that's what you were playing with anyway. And then you load up the running backs because running backs, you're going to be able to predict when to start. And so it, so because of this adjusted warp, all these values are higher. And some of that has to do with, okay, yeah, there's some variance at the at the end of the position. And um, it's especially in perfect, nobody is getting a negative warp. There's not a single player that's going to get it because we have the exact right number of players for every single position. And so... Um, it, so you're going to be putting in all of these players every single week and the bottoms are going to change and that's inflating a couple of these numbers a little bit. But the thing to understand is you don't want to stray too far and load yourself up. So going back to my Cortland Sutton point, you don't get Cortland Sutton and 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 as your resulting receiver from Dallas Goddard if Cortland Sutton is going to be your ninth wide receiver, because you aren't putting yourself in that uncomfortable position of being forced to start him. Instead, if you need a Cortland Sutton, if if you're going to put Cortland Sutton on your team, you want to make sure that you are trading away a receiver that I noticed was right below him in George Pickens, who's going to get you a little bit more draft capital value. And make sure Cortland Sutton comes in as your wide receiver seven. And you are forced to start him, so you are forced to gain his warp value. And so it's, it, as Scott said this when I when I shared it with him, that it, seeing adjusted Harris. warp makes you want to have tight ends even less than we were talking about previously. Before we were saying, yeah, we we don't want to have tight ends. Like maybe you could go down to one, and it's a little uncomfortable. But right. adjusted warp is telling me that is the the more you look at the data, you really don't want to have tight end. If you have the the tight end nine through twelve on your roster, you shouldn't. If you have tight end five through eight. You should only have them because you haven't gotten a trade worth their value yet. And you're just holding on, waiting for that manager to go, man, I've got a tight end 12. I need an upgrade at the position, so let me pay up for this guy. That's all you're waiting for, and then you're getting rid of them. 
the only tight ends you really want are Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews if he can match and anyone else that has a potential to match that production. Everyone else you can replace with waiver wire players and use that additional value you have accumulated to upgrade yourself at the positions that truly matter, which in a league like this is going to be wide receiver and is going to be quarterback. And if you can, and potentially a high-end one-year bet on a running back. Ooh, I love this, man. You can actually see the data points there. So we, we had been talking about this for a while. And when Warp first came out with the tight ends where we said, hey, like you probably don't want these dudes outside of the, the big ones, right? But we always kind of talked in this ifs, ands, and buts where we didn't have the data to actually back it up where we said in a lineup league, maybe there's something to it about having like a Dallas Goddard, for example, and not to pick on the guy because I'm, I'm an Eagles fan for fuck's sake. Like I still like Dallas Goddard, but but there's something to having maybe a Dallas Goddard on your team where you go, I just feel good about starting them every single week. And what this is telling you where it doesn't really fucking matter. Like trade them away, get uncomfortable, get a turd, Put them in your lineup every single week because you don't have an option. It's probably going to pay off damn near reasonable. And if we're talking from a dynasty lens, like, yeah, Cortland Sutton ain't sexy, but he's still giving you an advantage at warp, a warp even, where, like, that's a usable piece on your team at given points where Dallas Scott just kind of really rotting on your bench and just pissing away value all year. That's, that's all he's doing. Like, he's, he's not giving you that type of advantage where it's actually going to make a difference. Crazy to see it on a graph, too. Like, when you first pulled it up and I go, oh, shit, look, the tight ends actually bumped up. But they right. all bumped up. All well, of them. For <laughs> it sure. wasn't, like, just the good ones, right? Well, well, it I wasn't guess... just the ones you expected. Every one of them. Like, who the fuck's tight end 36? <laughs> well, <laughs> here, here's the problem, I think, though, for people that are not going to have an elite <laughs> tight end. Of course. Uh, it's Austin Hooper, Mike's favorite guy. Um Logan Thomas, but uh, like he, he, here's the point, and I think Cooper actually made this with a Will Disley type, right? So Will Disley keeps you above negative, I guess here. Um, but if you have Will Disley, there's no person in the world that is going to start Will Disley for every single game. Like here's my starting tight end, right? No. So I I, I do think though one of the things that this is going to show you is let's say you had a combination last year of let me just like a feasible one Robert Tanyan. Let's say you had Jawan Johnson even, which, by the way, .26 warp for Jawan Johnson is not glowing for him in, in lineup. In best ball, I think it's probably a little different. And then let's say you had Foster Moreau. You, let's say those are your three tight ends in this league, just for a hypothetical. Like, what what are the odds that you even that you started the wrong one every single week? And then what does your real captured warp look like? Because that, that's one of the things that this won't even necessarily show that I think there was a question in here. A statement uh, that was going to be my next question how much warp realistically gets captured so let, let's say you had those, those three tight ends now warp's going to show you there that you know you're not bleeding that much value but what what if weekly I mean, you're you're starting the wrong one and getting gaped Th that that i think is one of the differences in lineup where like a warp is showing you though if you were just to say you had any one of these guys and gerald everett even like gerald everett's cheap enough you could just be like, I'm just going to start Gerald Everett every, every week. I don't care. I don't have to worry about when. I'm just going to play it. Because you're not going to guess them right. If you do, good on you. If you actually can, I think that'd be a uh, skill you have. Because it's it's really hard. 
How many tight end questions do we get on start sit every single week? Kate Otten, right. all right. these guys. <laughs> who Who's starting the right ones every week when you have a bunch of decisions to make? I think that's one thing in lineup that's very different than best ball. So, too, just to, like, emphasize it, Adam, and this is where, like, that, that spike week consistency week sheet that comes into play, right? You can actually visualize the data. So, I know I'm not – I'm fucking picking on Dallas Goddard again. But his finishes that mattered last year, right? His finishes, mm-hmm. seven, four, one, and eight. That's it. Four weeks. That mattered. That really actually mattered. We're out here talking about Will Disley. Like, like he's just a fucking throwaway. But think about this. If you actually started Will Disley, his finishes that, that mattered. Uh, Will Disley's got a five, a seven, and an eight. Like sure. one off, right? right? He's missing one week from Dallas Goddard. But what's the difference in market value between the two? What's the difference in, like, the name brand of it? No one gives a fuck about Will Disley. But if you're no. forced to start him, you capture all those weeks that Will Disley actually do, does something. Meanwhile, like the guy who's out there rocking the Dallas Goddard, yeah, he's starting them every single week. Good for him. But he's only getting one more week out of them, essentially, but, than what I got out of Will Disley. Well, but I guess the question is, and everyone here uh, watching, because we still have 60, can, is, is there a single person here? Is Mike, if you're in a lineup league, can you stomach <laughs> starting Will Disley for 17 weeks? And I think the answer is clearly no. No one will no. ever do that in lineup. So, but so may, we, can't even, we, we can't even really talk about it but maybe we should. Well, uh, that's why I'm asking the question because I don't think there's anyone on planet Earth that would ever do this. I'm going to try now. <laughs> like, Mike, go. you can be I'm the guinea trying. pig, but... Uh, I'm fucking trading away I'm be all trying my it too. in my lineup, please. Are you? Every single one of them that ain't Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, they're gone. Okay. Well, I, now, I now this also is a non-tight end premium too, uh, so I could maybe see it a little more here. You're just like, literally, I'm just, I don't care, right? Right, just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Right. Go ahead, Coop. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I have a league where my top tight end is Hunter Henry. And I would, that was because of a nuclear rebuild. But I was thinking, all right, how am I going to get myself a, a tight end coming out of this rebuild so I have points? Looking at this now, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just straight up not going to get another tight end. I'm going to live or die by Hunter Henry and whatever else is on the waiver wires. I think I have. I think I'm lucky in that I have a Noah Fant in that league too. I think I've got Hunter Henry, Noah Fant tight end room. And I might drop one of those two. Pick up an extra running back because there's there's no way that uh right. there's no way you even need that that extra tight end taking up a roster spot. Barry has right, an like, interesting question here. Say, but say, say say something happened to Hunter Henry, right? Like so, something happened to him. You're like, "Fuck, I don't have a tight end." Go find somebody on the waiver wire. <laughs> right? There's going to be somebody out there, unless it's one of these stupid, crazy deep leagues that we play in, right? Where there's, you know, maybe tight end threes. These dudes ain't getting on the field. But some of these stuff, like, I mean, shit, you're getting weeks out of Kobe Parkinson. How many rosters was Kobe Parkinson on last year? <laughs> None? Two? Maybe his mom picked him up one week? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, that's plausible to do. And there's so many guys when I'm just looking at like weeks, right? That they they had a top four week. They had a same Shane fucking Zilstra had a top four week. One. So you can just roll out your Hunter Henry until you can't roll out Hunter Henry anymore. And then just go find a dude. <laughs> and I'm going to roll his ass out until either Hunter Henry's back 
or I can't roll this fucking guy out anymore, and then I'm going to go find another guy. I'm going to go find uh, uh, let's Brock Wright, Michael Pruitt, Jake Ferguson last year, with Dalton Schultz on the team. like One of these dudes, and that's all you're going to roll out at tight end, and you're just going to focus your entire roster construction and your team building on the other positions. You're going to focus it on getting the wide receivers, or you're going to focus it on the fact that you could get – a Cortland Sutton and a draft pick for your Dallas Goddards, right? You can get something where you get that liquidity. So when you do actually have a position that gets hurt and you need to backfill and you go, oh, shit, how am I going to do it? You got the draft capital laying around to go do it. I like this, man. This is probably the death sentence for tight end for me. Like, I already was almost out at him. Now I'm really fucking out. Interesting. I mean, I I think that like Goddard would be an example of where that makes sense. But I also think that Gerald Everett would be the example where it doesn't. Like I, I, I think it also depends on the cost. Like Gerald Everett to me shows me like I would rather have a guy like Gerald Everett I start every week that could be close. Like the, the, Gerald Everett is perfect example of where like this is the type of tight end I'm looking to find in a lineup league, right? Because he's going to cost me what? Tyler Higby even, man. Like he's giving me damn near Kittleis. Like the, in a league like this, I think I might be trying to find the the cost efficient route of having a guy that I just start plug and play weekly. Um, but I but I agree on the sentiment of market though. Like if there's market value to be had on tight ends, outside of you know uh, the the crazy elite ones, the Kelsey, the Hawk, the Andrews, I I don't want to have market value in my tight ends. I think is the way that I would say it um, in lineup. I don't want to have market value. I'm I'm cool though with the crusty third round type pl- like players and a Everett or a Higby or something like that that I might be able to just roll in weekly. The one spot where I want to challenge you on that Gerald Everett. Mm-hmm. Go to the adjusted warp table. Okay. The table. Right. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk you through this uh, this analysis that I'm Let's doing. Let's do it. Yep. Go to tight end. Tight end. Yep. Right. Sort by warp per game. Warp per game, okay. Uh, and the other uh, way? reverse it, yep. All right, let's find Gerald Everett here. So he's on yep. page two. Yep. And there he is down at tight end 19. Yep. So tight end 19, in terms of warp per game, mm-hmm. he wasn't doing that much for you. Right. The only reason he was doing a, a lot for you was because he was started so many times so sure. he had the chance to accumulate warp over the course of the season correct whereas we have some some guys of lesser value we had noah fant who has only started six times noah fant would be a guy a, i do roster in every single one of these and i would consider starting him weekly though that that's where it, this would this would fit exactly yes. what i'm talking about but so you, you just you have you have some guys here in this range where like they they are the same they they really aren't worth like the 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 place to be is potentially that that tight ends that you could grab for a random third that that that's like what if, exactly that's what i'm saying but it, like everett doesn't hold enough market value though like to to me my point is not even that everett's at 0.94 or that fans at 0.46 my point is i i want to have a guy that doesn't have market value that i can say this is the one that I feel good enough to get into the mix where I'm not getting completely gaped weekly. That but that's what I want. Where was Gerald Everett valued before the season last year? Before the season, he was 
He's going to be on L.A. He's mm-hmm. going to be good. This is uh, Justin Herbert's going to carry this offense. He's going to get a, a ton of targets. Sure. And so, so, so the, what was he? What, what, Gerald, what, were pe- what were people trading for Gerald Everett in a non-tight end premium league? I know some people that were trying to offer seconds for him, and I would sell there. That and, that, that that goes to the, a, the same point. But but the the important thing is that so like we're looking at this. This is last year's data. Correct. And so you need to when you're trying to choose which players you want on your team. You're having to make these decisions based off of current market values for future data we don't have yet. Of course. And so that that Gerald Everett is somebody where you want to target, hey, this guy has the ceiling of uh, of this and uh, of this like tight ends eight through twelve. And so that's where we need to So would you I guess I guess my my question though because I, I hear you my my question is I I I I don't know if we're making different points and maybe you you can let me know if we are like to you in this league though my my point is I I want to have a, a tight end that has a good enough chance to score points that doesn't really cost in market Gerald Everett was a guy that I I brought up because of the the graph like. There's a million different players that probably fit that mold. My point is I do want to have one of them, though, that I can probably just start weekly. I don't want to have to try to pick and choose because you'll never get that right. Do you disagree with that? I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. I think there's potentially some advantage to be gained by banking that third that you would spend on Gerald Everett or that you could sell potentially sell Gerald Everett for and using that elsewhere and using a guy off of waivers. Okay. And getting even I, crustier. Any shit, get shit. Even yeah, crustier. I probably, I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't it, be willing to do that, but I could be wrong on that. That's And, and you know, if you get to, if you get too close to playoffs, and this is where if you have a league that, that doesn't have a trade deadline, it's great. Uh-huh. If you get to playoffs and you're like, you know, it's week 15, I'm going up against somebody. That's where hopefully you have banked that third. If you needed it to help you get to playoffs, you spent it. It helped you get here. But if you're still holding on to it, that's when you can try and give yourself that extra three-point edge. And because it, the whole point of banking the picks is to be able to spend them, actually being able to upgrade a position where you need it or being able to fill a spot circle. You're now at the point where you are in the playoffs. Your spot start hole is now here. And so that's when you spend it. But I would not want to spend that third right now before week one trying to get myself Gerald Everett. And no, I'm not even saying to buy him for a third guy off waivers. Yeah, I get you. I'm not saying to even buy him for a third. My point is I could probably get Gerald Everett in what in this and non-tight and premium 16, 18. Someone in that range. 16, 18 later, and I'm going to say this is the one start I'm going to make weekly unless there's an injury. And like, if, uh, there's also, you know, you got to remember there's some leagues where you don't even have, you can't trade during the, the playoffs. Like, there's certain different things. Now, now you could go to, you could go to a, uh, waiver tight end still, but you may not be able to actually use that third in the playoffs to trade, though. You know what I mean? There, like, there's certain things, especially in a lineup league like this, non signed in premium, you, you may not have all those factors to guarantee that you can make it go into one of those other top guys. Like, Cortland Sutton is a guy we're using as an example here that was meaning something, right? Wasn't it? Am I on the wrong? Yeah, he was like... Oh, it was A-Warp. A-Warp, sorry. Yeah. But even even like Cortland Sutton, people weren't letting you buy for a third. 
right? Yeah, and like Cortland Sutton, it, where he lines up on the graph uh-huh. is is compared to a guy like Evan Ingram. Sure. And so that's where our discussion was from, is Evan Ingram is traditionally valued higher than Cortland Sutton. And so you have an advantage to be gained from that. There you and go. so Scott, Scott is saying it. You don't store your market value at tight end. Mm-hmm. You can have you, you can find a guy that that potentially can get you some value, but as soon as somebody comes knocking saying, "Hey, I want this guy from you," you just get rid of him and pick up the next guy and replace and, and, fi- and find a Noah Fant type. Yeah, and fi- find yourself another Noah Fant or mm-hmm. even a Colby Parkinson right. or a or, or a Peyton Hendershot or somebody like that and Foster Moreau uh, of last year. Let's go. Yeah, you're guy. trying to you're trying to capture the random tight ends that that mean nothing. That we all know it. When some when a tight end goes and he, he goes out, he catches three passes for 50 yards and a touchdown. What does that do to his start rate the following week? It shoots up. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone chases that production. Oh, this could be the beginning of a string a, a string of weeks where this guy's doing a ton. But the amount of times that actually happens is almost nothing. But if you force yourself into the point where you are starting that player for that random week that they actually do that, that's where you're actually capturing the warp. And so the way to do that most efficiently is to have no value invested into the position and just let the points come as they do. Love it. Fuck them tight ends. <laughs> oh, Adam, I'm do it. I'm starting this weekend. <laughs> Train them all the way, all of them. Go, go ahead, shoot it, get rid of them. Everyone, fuck these in, guys. In in best ball? No, in best ball is different, man. Okay, okay, capture. okay. All I right. get to capture I was, all that. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And wow. li- so in lineup, you're yeah, saying, well, look, lineup, I, we, we 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 got to get a trade show in. We're, we're already running way later than we wanted to. I would say also, let me just ask Koopa just for the point of reference because you've looked at enough of this to know. This is non tight end premium. Is there a, a tight end premium style league where it would might maybe change or is it still the same principle in, in all of the leagues? Honestly, it doesn't change that much. Okay. Um, you can go pull up. You have a two tight end premium on on the Mind Warped account and you can go pull that one up too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where is a it two at? PPR two tight end. It was right above that. Line up. Um, you Perfect, be, or you want to do high? I do do high again. It just gives you a little bit more flexibility on the, on that mm-hmm. lower end of them. But it's it is higher up that tight end line, mm-hmm. but it's really not doing enough where I'm like, yes, this is a huge difference. It, if you're looking at, hey, what is that that tight end eight again? That tight end eight is now more lined up to to like wide receiver twenty two twenty four, so there is a little bit more value in okay yeah the tight ends are a little more worth it here, but I would still rather look at investing in the wide receivers and just try to pluck these random waiver wire guys because someone is going to catch a couple passes. And is going to cat is going to have one of those turn into a touchdown, and the whole point of going waiver wire is to capture these random weeks that nobody else did. 
sexy. God, I'm so excited to just trade all my tight ends here. Uh, Barry asked another uh, the same question twice, so I, I think we should at least oh, it's get important. to this. How does someone yep. like Sam Howell, I think this is for Mike, get nine games in low when he was only ever the starter in one game? Because he's in low, right? So probably in the rankings or start percentage <laughs> comes in. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is yeah, it so in the Superflex League and low is like 40 quarterbacks? 48. The, the <laughs> low is the <laughs> Can the, you name think of it seven other fucking quarterbacks last year? That's why he comes well, in with nine games. <laughs> well, that right. There's not that many starters every week. so Right. People people probably put their rankings. They go, well, you know, he's on a roster and he's a backup. So <laughs> he might get to play once. I don't know. And do you know who the starter was last year? It was Carson Wentz, who was not looking great. So who has the opportunity to come in randomly in the middle right. of a week? Right. That's that's right. how he ended up being up there. Four- Wait, so say, th- say that again, something... Koopa, because I think Barry's still not uh, – I saw a chat just now. Say, say it again so he gets it. So it – so low is is doing double of what you were supposed to start every single week. So you were supposed to start 24 quarterbacks. So instead, it is taking the top 48. And so there's only 32 quarterbacks starting every single week. So there's going to be 16 that are not starting that are included in the in the warp data for every single week. And if you look at the which backup quarterback was likely to take over at a random point in a week. It was Sam Howell taking over for Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz was not looking great. And so that's how he ended up accumulating nine games, even though he only started in one. And so that's where you kind of have to play with that roster efficiency, especially the roster efficiency on low is really best suited for leagues where you have severe uh, differences between the top end and the bottom end teams. Where the top end teams, maybe you have three teams that all have uh, four quarterbacks that are all starters. And so you have 12 teams knocked out of the pool. And so then you're now looking at, okay, the the other uh, nine teams are fighting over a waiver due set. And so there's going to be a lot of these backup quarterbacks that in reality probably aren't getting started that much, but we're, we're going to still account for that warp because for those sort those sorts of teams, that's who they could have replaced their, their quarterbacks with. And so it's a little, it's a little finicky on quarterback just because only 32 are real, are going to score each week at barring injury. Like there might be 36 on any given week, but where low is really useful is more of for running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, where there is that depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense, right? It gets skewed when you get to the quarterback position because we ain't getting that many fucking starters. Yep. Um, Cooper, man, this has been awesome. I think, I think this is uh Lineup and best ball. I just want to make sure that everyone understands. If the if you haven't, that wildly different. And a warp is going to show you a little more realistically why that's the case and where it's the case and and the reasons that is, and not just the reasons, but how you should basically value uh, certain players and markets essentially in dynasty. I, I think this is going to change a lot of the way that people think about a lineup league. So. 
Koopa, man. Really awesome stuff. Uh, Mike Koopa, any final thoughts here? Um, Fantasy Plumber, this was unreal, boys. Uh, yeah, I, we're, we're probably going to do some more stuff on this. And just know that this is not the final update to the Warp Tool. This is the most recent one. For the year of 2023, this will probably be the only one. But j- just know there's some big, big things in the works for the Warp Tool. And uh, if you like this, stay tuned. <laughs> the ceiling is the roof. Said by just, the second just greatest basketball not, player of all time. Yeah. Uh, Brian said that? I didn't know that. Um, the, the, <laughs> hopefully higher than the roof where, by the way, nice new setup someone was saying. You don't, uh, you don't even deserve that smudge. That that noticeable smudge. You don't deserve it. Oh, I absolutely do. <laughs> I, I know the guy. He I, listen. I'm just a kid from Akron. That's how I can I can say that with a straight face. You know. Uh, no, this is uh, this is pretty awesome. Even if I don't do a shit ton of lineup leagues anymore, right? I'm about to abuse the shit out of the ones that I still do. So I love this. Really changes my my opinion, especially on tight ends. Even if Adam ain't on board with me, but I'm gonna get crusty as shit. <laughs> I'm on board getting crusty as as long as as long as you can flip and you know keep. I just want to start one. If I can start one that's not like uh, you know I forget Shane whatever. Like I I don't I want to start one that actually is playing weekly. If long, as long as I can do that, I'm fine. And I don't want to make Parkinson's decisions. Playing weekly. <laughs> well, Kobe Parkinson playing not weekly. Be the one. So fucking Cody here. Stop it. Cody. Yeah, Cody. Uh, we appreciate Bad. you, buddy. Um, I thought you were sleeping somewhere. At least last I checked, he was. So, uh, toilet. Koopa, thank you. Talk buddy. to us, man. Talk to us before we get out of here. Any final thoughts? Uh, get rid of your tight ends if you're in a lineup league. In lineup. In lineup. Okay. Yep. Best ball. All the best ball. Keep them, especially in certain spots. Yeah. Do, do everything that you, that you were doing previously in best ball, basically. I like it. I like it. Uh, That's it, man. There it is. A warp live. We're gonna get a bunch of questions, um, and we're gonna direct you to the Koopa masterpiece of A warp live. So we appreciate everyone tapping in. Uh, Wednesday AMA, not Tuesday. Wednesday AMA is is in the books. Um, We gotta go do a trade show, and then uh, I'm sure we'll see you another time this week. We're out of here.